This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. As we all know, there is a downside to freedom of speech. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. In America, you have a right to be stupid. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. This is America, and in America, if something sucks, you're supposed to be able to get your money back. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Hey, turn down one out of 12 real quick. 54% of people feel pressure to tip when using a cashless checkout, which is why I always recommend shoplifting. That's the thing to do. So, <laughs> there is a shoplifting news story today. Well, it's actually a luggage theft news story from a Joe Biden staffer. Yeah, somebody that works for Joe Biden's Department of Energy, a, a weird, creepy pervert that works for the federal government is in trouble for stealing luggage. We'll get to that soon. Oh, and I don't know if you've heard, there's a pedophile musical, or is it a play? It's a Broadway thing, and the liberal media loves it. They love pedophile entertainment, all that coming up very soon. But first, I think the most important news story in the world, no, it's not the U.S.-Iranian soccer match, although you'll hear so much about that today. I'd love to go on and on about the U.S.-Iranian soccer match. There's just one problem. I'm an American, and so I don't care about soccer. In Iran today, this is a huge deal. In Iran, people have planned their day, their week around this moment. There is a World Cup soccer event taking place today in which America, the, the country that Iran hates the most, us, will play them at soccer. People have scheduled their lives around this moment. National pride is on the line. The outcome of this match will affect their nation's general mood for years to come. And most people in our country won't even watch. Why would we? Soccer is not a real sport, you guys. It does not matter. I know it's important to watch soccer for people that live in third world countries, but there's a reason why Americans don't give a damn about soccer. And in fact, one of my friends on Twitter explained it perfectly. <laughs> All these Europeans in my mentions. Soccer is the most popular game in the world. <laughs> okay. Okay, first of all, what is right is not always popular, and what yep. is popular is not always right. Nailed it. So remember that. And secondly, why <laughs> is that? Why is soccer popular among countries that haven't gone to space? <laughs> right? I will tell you, because it's cheap. All you need is a ball, a grass, not even a grass, a flat surface of some kind to play it, okay? So soccer is popular in poor countries because it's cheap to play. You don't need sticks and ice and everything. Bingo. Hmm. They're poor because they're communist. He's right. No, 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 that's not the most popular. Soccer is not important today. I took a long time to get to this point. I think the most important news story today is what's, speaking of communism, happening or not happening, rather, in communist China. Over the weekend, protests broke out all over the totalitarian, authoritarian country. People are pissed. They're sick of the lockdowns. Journalists from the BBC and other free countries are being arrested, beaten by police just for covering the protests. Well, it turns out it's over already. With police out in force, there was no word of additional protest against the strict government anti-pandemic measures. Earlier today in Beijing, temperatures fell well below freezing. Shanghai, Nanjing, and other cities where online calls to gather had been issued were also reportedly quiet. The protests are done. That's it. 
the communist regime has squashed it. As quickly as Americans even figured out something was going on over there, people in free countries, Japan, France, wherever, it ended. But, you know, there's one in interesting character here who's offered his support to the people of China. Let's go, Brandon. Yep, Joe Biden, the president, has urged the Chinese government to respect the rights of anti-lockdown demonstrators. I gotta ask, Joe, where were you during the Canadian government's trucker protests? Christopher Brizgi at TheReason.com recently pointed out Biden's support for COVID protests hinges on whatever country the protests are happening in. Is that not ridiculous? I mean, it's true. COVID protests in America? Forget it. Don't care. COVID protests in Canada? Definitely not interested. COVID protests in Russia? Hmm, interested. COVID protests in China? Yeah, we're in. Protests against COVID restrictions getting very different treatment from Joe Biden, depending on where they're occurring. The White House was real quick to support the Chinese demonstrators. China has a zero COVID policy. And what is being described as seemingly endless lockdowns that they have to enforce it? It just keeps going on and on and on. Remember, China is a big state, a country. Well, it's just, you know, and people will say, well, uh, uh, the lockdowns in Wuhan ended before the lockdowns in the United States ended. Yeah, true, but there were still lockdowns happening in other places in China. So Joe Biden and the White House issued a statement yesterday. They said, quote, we think it's going to be very difficult for the People's Republic of China to be able to contain this virus through their zero COVID strategy. Stop right there, Joe Biden. A zero COVID strategy was Joe Biden's 2020 campaign promise. He criticized Donald Trump for not having zero COVID. That elect me president and I'll eliminate COVID. Now, it's not the case anymore. Nobody, nobody in the, nobody with a reasonable mind, two, three months into this into this pandemic, in the summer of 2020, if you still thought there was going to be zero COVID, you were either an authoritarian nut job or you were just dumb. Well, the latest reports from China say police have flooded into public spaces. No more demonstrations. Anybody out, even suspected of rallying, is being uh, uh, arrested. The White House statement seems an attempt to ward off a more serious, violent crackdown while not giving Chinese communist officials too much room to claim that demonstrations are being directed from Washington. All things considered, that's a reasonable approach, even if the cautious wording has enraged some people who want Biden to take a harder line. It doesn't matter, though. Biden can support the Chinese protesters all he want. Nothing's going to change. Certainly, the statement is a lot more criticism than the White House has ever offered the Canadian government. The Canadian government had very harsh crackdowns on protesters. Remember the truck driver convoys requiring people to get a vaccination in order to work? Yeah, for Joe Biden, it was quite the opposite. The Biden administration urged the Canadian government to use whatever means it had to reopen the, the border crossings barricaded by the so-called freedom convoy and get a handle of the protesters. Remember Justin Trudeau, his unprecedented invocation of Canada's Emergency Act. He used an act in February 2020, that was less than a year ago, guys, that allowed his government to freeze the bank accounts of protesters 
participating in those demonstrations. It sounds like something that would happen in a third world totalitarian dictatorship like China, because it does, as you could see. But it also happens in Canada. And again, Joe Biden's support, really just whichever way the wind's blowing at that moment, huh? Yeah, uh, let's get straight to discussion. We here to talk about something, about politics and government and all this hidden corruption. This show here ain't your average. This podcast, you gotta get. You tuned in with Ken. This is Pursuit of Happiness. Hey, we're back. There's a new movie I want to go check out for the holidays. soon to a theater near you. It's Alien vs. Predator 2. Find out what happens when the Department of Homeland Security releases hundreds of illegal aliens onto the mean streets of America with one intended goal. To round up all the child sex predators and return them to authorities. Hey, any of you little kids want to come over to my house for a sleepover? Hola, senor. I'm here to capture you and take you to Yale. But you're not a cop. No, I'm an illegal immigrant, but that doesn't mean I'm okay with child sex predators. Oh, no. So don't miss Alien vs. Predator 2, starring Danny Trejo, Cheech Marin, and Alec Baldwin as the child sex predator, of course. Of course. Okay, so there's a very exciting music. I, I think it's important to stop perverts and predators from preying on kids. Even if we have to use illegal aliens to hunt them down, if that's what we must do. You know, there is a problem with perversion. And I'm not like that. You could, you, could, you know, if you listen to this radio show regularly, you guys know I'm not the most socially conservative guy. Hell, our morning show does commercials for a gentleman's club in New Orleans. I'm not here to lecture you or preach to you about what you should and shouldn't do with your sex life as long as you're not hurting kids. Sadly, some people are hurting kids. There's a group of people out there that are just morally depraved. You know, you look at the Balenciaga controversy, that fashion brand Balenciaga. They weren't content to grin and bear it out. Amid this fierce backlash, Balenciaga has doubled down on its stance for this controversial ad campaign that depicted little kids alongside bondage style attire and a child pornography court ruling. So the the fashion company released its... uh, plea on Instagram on Monday afternoon, they said, we strongly condemn child abuse. It was never our intent to include it in the narrative. And they went on to say it was the production company's fault. Now, as somebody that works in advertising for a living, that's, you know, that's what this is. You're listening to ads and content. You get what this is. I assure you, it's not the production company's fault. I guarantee you the Balenciaga executive signed off on this. I mean, they had to. It was on their social media account. Are we supposed to believe that some production company they hired to make ads for them uh, went went and posted things to their social media accounts without their consent? How did they get access to it? So people were pretty mad. Needless to say, the brand was quick to pull the ads, and now they're condemning the controversial campaign. They said it was wrong. We shouldn't have done it. Rich, powerful people are very comfortable with sexual perversion. And, you know, it's funny, too, because or, I don't know if it's funny, but the the morally depraved, they always eventually expose themselves. Look at this creepy weirdo at the Department of Energy, a Biden administration employee, 
And one of the federal government's first non-binary officials has just been accused of stealing a traveler's luggage from the Minneapolis airport. The guy's name is Sam Brinton. You've probably seen photos of him before on the Internet. He is a spokesperson for the Department of Energy. It's his job to handle nuclear waste. And he likes to dress up as a puppy and go to S&M bondage festivals. He, he kind of dresses like he just wears whatever he steals out of women's luggage, which would explain why he's been accused of stealing a woman's luggage. His pronouns are they and them, and I'm not going to use a plural pronoun to describe an individual. I'm never going to do that. And a lot of other people won't either. Vera Bradley, is that the name of a fashion company? He, I guess he stole this woman's luggage at an airport. He's did it more than once, too, on September 18th and October 9th, according to investigators. He initially denied stealing the suitcase to police officers, but later claimed they took it by mistake. They. Sorry, that's what's in the report at the Post. He denied it, and then he claimed he took it by mistake. He didn't mean to steal the luggage. Weirdly enough, though, he did steal the luggage. He went home with it and kept it. Again, the morally bankrupt will always eventually expose themselves. He seemed like a creepy, weird pervert. He dressed up like a like a fun animal, the kind of thing you'd see in a children's cartoon, and then he had sex with other men and photographed it. That was his thing, right? Pun intended. Well, as it turns out, creepy weirdos, again, they always expose themselves. Here's another one, Leon Black. New York-based investor Leon Black is being sued by a woman who alleges the former Museum of Modern Art chair raped her in 2002. This is a report today at Breitbart.com. Turns out, investor Leon Black raped a woman in Jeffrey Epstein's home. Meet Sherry Pearson. Sherry Pearson says 20 years ago, Jeffrey Epstein introduced her to this very powerful investor in New York, Leon Black, at his Upper East Side mansion. She says she was there to give Black a $300 massage something she'd done for Epstein five times before. You already know this is going to be bad. The victim says she would never consent to Epstein's wish to include sex acts with the massage, so he cut her loose. Now, according to the lawsuit, Pearson soon found herself in desperate need for money, so she reconnected with him. That's when Epstein introduced her to Leon. Leon's a big guy. He's 300 pounds. It's in the report. She's a little woman. Weighs about 125 pounds. She claims she arrived with the uh, $300. He arrived with the $300. The two of them went upstairs for the massage, and that's when he attacked her and forcing her to do things with her mouth. And by the way, he also, not only did he attack her, he bit her, according to the report. He was 51 at the time. She met up with him a couple times after, she admits. Now, this is where... You wonder, like, why would you meet up with the guy that raped you? It still doesn't make it okay. Kind of reminds you of the Harvey Weinstein thing, right? Harvey Weinstein, some of his victims met with him after the terrible things happened. One time he gave her $5,000 in cash. She further alleges she was not the only one of Epstein's women Black was involved with. The suit said that Epstein's underage victims got older. He simply passed some of these women on to Black and other men. It's in the New York Post. He's denying the allegations. She's accusing him of uh, accusations first surfaced in, uh, with Russian model Gazelle Geneva's own lawsuit in which this other Russian model claims Black was sexually violent with her for years. So it's happened before. Boy, a lot to say about this.
when you get involved with people that do things like this for a living, it's not surprising when something horrible happens to you. But when you're desperate for money, boy, just think and have to go back to them. It's terrible. I couldn't even imagine. I feel awful for this woman. But then also there's a part of me that thinks, well, why'd you go back to him? How bad, how desperate for money are you? You ever heard of being a bartender, driving Uber, whatever. Anyway, for his part, Black's denied all of it. And in a statement, um, his, his lawyer's name is Susan Estridge. She said, we intended to defeat these baseless claims to pursue all of our remedies to hold the Wigder law firm legally accountable for their abusive conduct. That's the people suing. Now, who knows what to make of these anymore? On the one hand, there is a blatant and shameless cover-up in the media and law enforcement to protect elites who prowled around Epstein's circle. On the other, there's this trial by media mixed with the promise of big payouts, which taints everything, doesn't it? This is purely a coincidence, but happens that just last night, there, there's a, did you guys see the Netflix documentary about Ghislaine Maxwell? I, I took a look at it. She's currently serving 20 years for procuring underage girls for Epstein. Everything that makes this case so frustrating, it's right there in the documentary. You have women who at the time were adults and not forced to do anything. Nevertheless, they are still grabbing their moment of fame by posing as victims of grooming and assault. And some of them, you almost wonder, were they involved in it? You can't groom an adult. Trying to seduce someone is not assault. Grooming, it doesn't. It, that's a thing you do to kids, right? Regretting it as an adult, what you did as an adult, that's not a crime. You have the other women, though, who were adults at the time claiming to be victims when it's obvious the relationship was transactional. And then there's the alleged anonymous victim who talks of all the powerful politicians and celebrities she saw engage in illegal behavior with underage kids. But still won't name names. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of victim victims. There's no question Maxwell and Epstein were diehard hard predators. It's just that the corporate media, the authorities, those seeking to turn regret into victimhood, and a jackpot have so bungled the whole thing, haven't they? We'll never have clarity here. We'll never really know what happened. You remember during the Me Too movement, two separate news stories about celebrities. One of them, Bill Cosby, drugged women. It went on for decades, supposedly. Held women down, had sex with them against their will. Weinstein did things like this as well. So did Epstein. And then you had stories like Aziz Ansari or Louis C.K., famous men who had consensual sex with women that weren't even their employees, just women they knew or met, who re regretted it later on and then went to the media and tried to cancel these men. These Both of them had to issue public apologies for having consensual sex with women that were adults and were not their employees. Does it make sense? It, it never does, does it? You're listening to Ken Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. Very spicy radio. Today, 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 today is Giving Tuesday. It's the perfect day to give money to charity. And if charity isn't working, give it to one of the other strippers, whoever's there. You know, it's an interesting thing about Giving Tuesday. Pretty sure the only thing I'll be giving for the next six months is to MasterCard. I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. I am kidding. Giving Tuesday is just like Taco Tuesday, but with way less gas. Now that I got those horrible jokes out of my system, let's actually talk about how important today is. Today is very important. When you work in morning radio like I do, or just to talk radio in general, you learn that there are all these stupid made-up fake holidays. There's a lot of them. There's Blueberry Strudel Day and 
National Give Poultry to an Arabic Person Day. And there's National Stab a Duck in the Neck with a Pen Day. And it just goes on and on and on and on. You're like, what, what is the point of this? National Rogaine for the Elderly Day. What's the point? Why all these things? There's too many. And the problem with having all these fake nonsensical holidays is that at some point, the important ones get lost in the shuffle, don't they? Thanksgiving is a pretty important day. It's a day you are thankful for what you've been given. It's an interesting holiday because it combines American patriotism with religious beliefs, Judeo-Christian beliefs, right? So we all understand Thanksgiving. We get it. And you understand the importance of Easter, hopefully, and you understand the importance of Christmas, certainly, or, you know, or, or whatever. If you happen to be Jewish, I don't mean to dismiss your holidays or whatever you are. A Scientologist, I don't know, National Pang Pang Day, whatever it is. But for me, one of the most underrated, one of the most important holidays, one of the most important days when we acknowledge something is National Giving Day. Because you've been given a lot, even if you're bankrupt, even if your wife left you and she stole your dog and your car on the way out the door. The very fact that you can even hear my voice right now is a miracle. You are alive. Can you walk? Do you have two legs? Well, you've got something many other people don't have. It's part of the reason why we support Wheelchairs for Warriors. Such an important charity. I want to call my friend at uh, Wheelchairs for Warriors right now, my friend Crystal. Hang on one second here. Let me see. I, I thought I had her on hold, and I guess she hung up or she got disconnected. Hold on a second here. Calling her up right now on the phone. Let's see where Crystal is. Crystal is the spokesperson for Wheelchairs for Warriors. Hang on. Hopefully she answers. It's not nice to hang up on me on Giving Tuesday. I thought you hung up on me. No, I would never. No, I didn't. Why would I hang up on you? Crystal uh, from Wheelchairs for <laughs> Warriors, one of my favorite people. <laughs> Crystal, what you do is so important. We have a big comedy show this weekend, and there are no tickets left for it. Sadly, it's sold out. None. But if people still want to support Wheelchairs for Warriors, what can they do? Oh, my gosh. There's so much they can do. They can go to wheelchairsforwarriors.org. And they can hit the donate button and they can donate. They can host a fundraiser on their web, on their Facebook page because Facebook suspiciously charges no fees. We get every single dime that is donated through, um, through Facebook. You can go to Amazon, smile, and you can choose Wheelchairs for Warriors as your charity of choice. So every time you shop at Amazon, Jeff Bezos will donate 0.05% to a charity of your choice i like that i don't don't like any of those people but i like that i know i know isn't it it's so funny the second i'm always like but you know who knows who knows what they're doing with all that data the easiest cleanest way is just put a check in the mail or donate a very successful child you've got if you've got a kid they're super successful we'll take it you'll take a kid yeah how do you donate a kid not a kid, a child. I didn't say a kid. I said a successful child, you know, who's out there in the world doing well, making lots of money. We'll take that kid. Oh, I get it. Yeah, slavery. I understand. Uh, hey, Crystal, uh, Crystal why, why support Wheelchairs for Warriors? What's so important about it? It is what it says it is. We provide wheelchairs to warriors. So we provide custom fit mobility solutions to veterans and first responders injured in the line of duty when they cannot get what they need from their health care provider. Mm-hmm. So instead of just sitting at home, being depressed, being isolated, becoming a statistic, 
because they can't get out into the world. They can't rejoin their communities and their families at the highest level possible, which is with mobility. We step in where their health care provider steps out, and we take care of these guys. We provide sports wheelchairs, so if they want to go play basketball, if they want to learn how to um, – uh, what's it called? You know, when you shoot the bow in archery, if they want to, if they want to participate in archery. And who does an archery so hot these days? <laughs> Say it again. I said archery is a big thing these days. Can you? What is go? What are you doing there? What's what is that noise in the background? There is so much work going on here today. We still have to work. So we've got. I've got the door closed. We've got people in the background. I'm trying to make it super quiet, but it's not always easy. So yeah. So we have one of our veterans is um, on the Paralympic team for archery. Isn't that cool? And we built his sports wheelchair for him. I love that. That is very cool. How many people are waiting for a wheelchair right now at wheelchairsforwarriors.org? Twenty. Twenty is a lot. Could you tell me one of their stories? The what's most we've ever had. What's one of the most memorable stories? Could you tell me about one of them? What's you know, there must they all have an incredible story about how they lost their ability to walk. They're all devastating stories, but you know, some of the stuff that happens in the line of service, it's just it's shocking that that it's real life. It's real life. So one of our veterans is Jamie Morales and he was um he is a marine, once a marine, always a marine. But Jamie Morales is um a United States Marine Corps veteran. And also went to work for the Kentucky State Troopers. And while he was pulling over a bank robber on the highway, the um, Kentucky State Troopers or someone sent out, you know, some backup that he had said, you know, I guess he called for backup or, or whatever happened, but they sent a rookie out. And the rookie was kind of nervous. And so this is how the story goes in the newspaper that I read. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> cover myself here, the rookie shot and it actually, he actually ended up shooting Jamie in the, in the back oh, no. in the neck, uh, lower neck. And so he is paralyzed. So we built him a sports chair. Um, he had what he needed through his healthcare provider, but he wanted a sports chair. So we built him a really not a really nice sports chair um, for shooting. So he's in the, and he's trying out for the Paralympics. And his chair was so bad he couldn't qualify. So we built him a sports chair. His chair was and so bad he couldn't qualify to compete in the sport. Wow, that's a that's right. Awful. Just that's ter- <laughs> I know. that's terrible. That boy, that breaks my heart. All right, well, well, what's another one? So, and by the way, he took a bullet for us. Yeah, he sure yeah, did. I mean, well, well, many of them did. They didn't all lose their their ability to walk from war or from something like that. But many of them did, didn't they? Uh, many, many, many of them. We have a veteran, a Vietnam veteran who stepped on a landmine and lost um, both of his legs. And he, we provided him with an outdoor chair. And the, it's interesting for them to tell their stories where, you know, they're trained. You have to be careful, but they're trained for how long in Vietnam? You're, you're 18. You sign up for the military. You're off to Vietnam within a few months. So, so what training exactly did you have? And so he is out in the jungles in Vietnam. He's walking, and he heard the click, and he knew. And so he's there with his guys, and they're all just looking at him, and it's like, what do you do? You know, so you have to really position yourself and give yourself the best opportunity to jump away from what you know is a a mine, a landmine. So these stories are just incredible, and the fact that they have served us and that we are failing them in some way, in some capacity, 
infuriates me and it also breaks my heart breaks my heart too and let's talk a little bit about that crystal you've been doing this for a while now you've helped out a lot of people but this is but this job you have takes an emotional toll on you you've broken down in tears on this radio show before just talking you always make me cry well i don't mean to but you know we're just all i'm asking you to do is just describe what's going on and, and describing what's going on seems to make you cry and i but it but it's but it's but it's worth it right um it, it is 100% worth it. I know that I am using the talents that God gave me on a daily basis for the last six years of my life. I have gone to bed feeling good about my life and what I do with my talents, and I, ha- and I wake up, and it's all day, every day, and it is a blessing, it, and, and I know that, and I am, I am protective of that. Um, I know how blessed I am to be able to do what I'm doing for others um, to serve them because it makes it, I mean, they say it's not the getting, it's the giving, right? And it is giving Tuesday. And, you know, we all, we all feel better when we give. Yeah. And I, we have been, we have been incredibly blessed that people have joined the mission and have, Vet, we're vetted. We have a lot of we have a lot of um, people behind us. We have people who donate five dollars a month behind us, and we have people who donate fifty thousand dollars to us behind us. And it and it and it is literally every dollar counts. Yeah. These wheelchairs, the average wheelchair is twelve thousand fifty four dollars. We're not building. We're not we're not delivering cheap things. We're we're delivering. You've seen them. Yeah, life cha- life changing wheelchairs. Custom chairs. Hey, what are um? Tell me real quick, what percentage of people's donation, if they donate today, goes towards paying for a new wheelchair? So we just did our last nine ninety. We just completed twenty twenty one's nine ninety. No, that's not what and I asked. 80, I said, what percentage of people's donation goes towards it? We just complete. We just completed oh. our nine ninety, and the numbers are in. That's our tax form that everybody can see. And eighty eight dollars. 88 cents of every dollar went straight into our program. Oh, I love that. I thought you were making a different point for a second. That's great. Okay, that's imp- that's important. That's very high. And what percentage of their donation is tax deductible? I don't de- know that we can continue and grow, but what, that's good. What percentage of the, of their donation is tax deductible? 100%. 100%. So there's all the more reason, folks. Wheelchairsforwarriors.org. Go there today. We'll just search for Wheelchairs for Warriors. In your favorite search engine, it's in my opinion, it's the most important charity in the greater Houston area. I support them. You should, too. Stop it, government. Get out of my life. You're listening to The Pursuit of Happiness Radio. <laughs> Scientists are considering plans to block the sun to reduce climate change. Now comes the tough part. Getting Chris Christie into space. How are we going to do it? He won't fit on the spaceship. We've tried, guys. We tried putting Chris Christie on that spaceship, and it did not work. No, it did not. Hey, uh, exciting news. Merriam Webster just announced their word of the year for 2022. It's gaslighting. Gaslighting. Like, uh, you know, lying to somebody. Not just convincing someone that they aren't just wrong, but they're crazy. If you're one of those people that doesn't use the word, uh, 
Well, here's a crash course. Word of the year for 2022 from Merriam-Webster is gaslighting. Let's talk about gaslighting. 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 A term that's used widely in popular culture. The act or practice of grossly misleading someone. Gaslighting is one of the worst forms of manipulation. Make you feel like you're the problem. You said I'm gaslighting you. Gaslighting is a manipulation tactic. There you go making things up again. That's used to make you question your own reality. You must be insane. Gaslighting is not real. You're just crazy. So I decided I'm going to start gaslighting you. You're going to start gaslighting me? That's not what I said. Yesterday, I had a little moment of frustration. I'm a fan of this band. Perhaps you've heard of them from the 90s and the the aughts, if you will. They're called Pantera. That's their music in the background. It's an important band for thrash metal. Yeah, I listen to music that would make your mom cry. I know. My wife hates it, too. Pantera is going to tour with Metallica. Now, before you go ahead and write me an email, Kenny, it's not the original lineup. Yeah, I know that. I know. Dimebag Daryl and his brother Vinnie Paul died. I've hung out with Vinnie Paul before. Great guy. We've gone drinking together. Had a great time partying with him when I was a younger version of myself back in my 20s. And then, you know, a guy that turns out a guy that likes to drink whiskey at nine in the morning usually doesn't live very long. Okay, no surprise there. Not a big shock. But Pantera, the other two guys that are still alive, they got the band back together and they got Zach Wild, the guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne and Black Label Society, also a guy who I've drank with before. Uh, he's going to fill in for, for Dimebag Daryl, and then they got the drummer from Anthrax, which is pretty cool. If you like heavy metal, it's a great lineup. And they're going to open. They haven't announced any official Pantera solo shows yet. They're going to tour with Metallica, and I'm interested in seeing Pantera. But Metallica, you know, they've been around for years, and it's kind of an expensive concert ticket. So I looked at the the concert. Tickets started about 350 bucks. That's for nosebleeds. If you want to sit somewhere good, expect to spend a couple thousand dollars. I was like, good Lord, I'm too old to spend that much money on a heavy metal concert. Of course, when I was young, I couldn't even afford it. Now I'm an adult, and I have the money, and I just don't think that's a practical thing to do. It seems like a, that seems reckless. Well, it is. It is reckless. When you're looking at something that costs too much money, it affects your purchase, doesn't it? Even if you want that thing, you want your favorite football team to win the Super Bowl, but would you pay a million dollars for that to happen? Would you pay a billion dollars? Maybe you don't even have a billion dollars. I assume most of you don't. I don't. Dennis Prager recently asked, what would you think of a person who never asked the price of anything he or she buys? You would assume the person who was incredibly wealthy, an insane amount of money, right? But if the person wasn't, you would dismiss them as a fool. And you would certainly never ask this person for advice about how to spend your money. There was once an episode of The Simpsons many years ago. Mr. Burns joked that he was buying Ticketmaster. And he said it, the, the customers are a healthy mix of the rich and the stupid or something like that. He's right. Who buys a $2,000 concert ticket to see a heavy metal band? Well, incredibly wealthy people and incredibly stupid people. You would never, you would assume anybody with that kind of money or anyone spending that kind of money is either really rich or really dumb. Yet for two years, that question, what is the price, was avoided by virtually every political leader in the world as well as the vast majority of epidemiologists and physicians and journalists and editors and bloggers and college academic presidents, deans, professors, K-12 through teachers, they never asked what is the price. 
with regard to locking down businesses or closing schools, and in many cases, shutting down entire countries. That's why so many political leaders and teachers and college presidents and doctors and epidemiologists and publicly funded scientists actually turn out to be fools. The handful of scientists and, of course, the even smaller number of academics and people in the mainstream media who questioned the lockdowns were labeled purveyors of misinformation or disinformation, the term used by the left to describe all dissent. As of January 2023, California physicians who differ from the fools who dominate the American medical establishments will risk having their license to practice medicine revoked in the state of California. If that doesn't piss you off, this probably isn't a good radio show for you. The only country in which leading epidemiologists and political leaders asked what the price was for their country, especially with young people, what would they pay under lockdown was Sweden. Sweden, isn't that interesting? People like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they used to love to talk about making America right, more like Sweden. They loved comparing us to them right up until they didn't anymore. That's when the pandemic happened. Otherwise, though, virtually no leaders in science or math or academia or politics or the media or sports or entertainment asked the most important question. What is the price? As a result... Economies were devastated. Millions of people who owned small businesses had their fortunes and savings accounts and their lives ruined. Young people suffered on every level. Children with developmental issues that would have had problems anyway. Now they're screwed, figuratively speaking. Fools led by universities. Harvard shut down in early March 2020 when there were 51 confirmed cases of COVID in the entire state of Massachusetts. Those fools, followed by every teacher's union in the country, ruined countless young Americans' lives. For nearly two years, young Americans were deprived of an education, deprived of interaction with their peers, masked everywhere they went outside their homes. What was the result? The result is that young Americans now have the highest rate of mental and psychological problems recorded in our nation's history. It's not a coincidence. Have the highest rates of depression and suicide were they worth it? What about the academically? We are at the lowest level ever recorded. Is it worth it? In modern society, with all this access to information and all these tools to educate people, young people are as dumb as they've ever been. Fools led by sheep or sheep leading fools. Parents were sheep. Airlines heads went along with the abusive policy of forcing two-year-olds to wear masks for hours on end. They were sheep, too. Sheep leading the sheep, blind leading the blind. Even the vast majority of priests and ministers and rabbis were sheep, people that believe in an afterlife. We're going along with this nonsense. So we're forced to ask two big questions. First, why are most leaders and experts fools? Cha-ching. To quote, Method man of the Wu-Tang Clan. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. It's not a coincidence that the only businesses that were allowed to stay open during the lockdowns are the businesses that had the most money to lobby politicians. Main Street was closed, but Costco and Walmart, those were open, weren't they? The second question is, why do most people put their faith in fools? Turns out the answer to both of these questions is related. 
Most experts know a lot about one thing, their narrow area of expertise. They know as much about other areas of life as non-experts, but they think they know a lot. So because experts were never taught to ask what is the price, anyone who asks that question is likely to give better advice than almost any expert, so-called expert. No matter how much damage obedience to experts has wrought, most people continue to obey fools because they were taught to assume that there is a linkage between expertise and wisdom. The reality is there is none. I'm Kenny Webster. I love you all. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Don't forget to donate today to wheelchairsforwarriors.org. You'll feel better about yourselves. You are listening to the Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Tell the government to kiss your ass when you listen to the show.